Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. I'm gonna talk about it, and it's probably one of the thing few like you know there's certain things we get excited to talk about on here, and I don't know why. This this is probably a first. Maybe a last. But how about that PGA championship, man? <laughs> I was hoping you would say it. How about I mean, it? Huh? Seven I, strokes I was, back. Nothing for JT. I was heavily invested in it. And I don't mean like emotionally or metaphorically. I mean financially. <laughs> <laughs> what were but your bets? What, what were your bets like? Um... I can't really remember from like the days before I could just remember the, like the last round. So for this last round, I kind of had, they had, um, there's one Cameron Smith versus Neiman. Mm-hmm. Cause they had like a, who, who do you think would have more birdies or better? And so there was one that was like Cameron Smith versus Neiman. Um, I actually ended up winning on that one. Um, and then the other one was, uh, nah, was his first name? The Na- uh, Kevin. Kevin Na versus. Ooh. Is it like final that. pairing? I, I don't know if it's by pairing. I am not sure. Um, I would assume so. Because, I mean. Uh, I think it's Shuck or something. So, ew, I remember it was like some middle aged, older white guy. That's all I remember. But that was Brand, one. Br- Brendan Steele. That's who he was oh, paired with on Sunday. Uh, Doesn't matter. Don't matter. Yeah. So I had that. Um, I had the one and only Pereira. I had Pereira under 72 and a half strokes. So like I told you, I needed a plus two or better. And I was just like, you know, he's been been doing not half bad you know and then i had um fitzpatrick over 71 and a half strokes i think he ended up like plus four or something so i wasn't really too worried about that he was kind of spiraling towards the end as well but Pereira, man jeez jeez louise Pereira, this dude was just he had the lead the whole time and then he just i i've never seen anything like it I've, oh, I've seen a lot it. like it. <laughs> I saw it before it even happened. I, I just, I felt it. I saw it and I felt it. The collapse was coming. And in the 18th hole, he just, it all unraveled everywhere. All he needed, he needed, I believe, a par to get into that playoff with Justin Tom, Thomas and um, Will, I forgot his last name. Zal Torres. Salatoris, there we go. I knew it was like kind of a cool last name, but um and yeah, he bogeyed. Which was bad. And he doubled. Double bogeyed, yeah. I mean I I, I once on the seventeenth, he missed the putt for the birdie to go plus two. And I'm talking about like, oh my god, I'm talking yep. about like a hair, dude. Yep. I am yep. talking about ooh. Ooh, that looks good. It's going in and then it just stops right in front of the hole. And I'm just like, and you don't understand, dude. I'm sitting, I'm like 
in front of the TV, dude. I am like anybody that understands it's me. (laughs) I'm in front of the TV, just like sweating this shit. And it's a hair off. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is the beginning of the end. I was like, there's no way in hole 18. Because 17 was one of the easier holes. I kept doing when I realized that I I just didn't know if those strokes for uh for Pereira he was unraveling a little bit and I was like ooh I don't know I need to make because they had a specific prop for hole seventeen and for all the golfers before they come up to hole seventeen it essentially three and a half shots over under on hole seventeen and I was mm. just there like crap dude like I just I I. I I just, I just took the over. I just would pick a couple golfers and just take the over because I'm like, I mean, yes, the average uh, shots on that hole was like three and a half, but I'm like, I just need to find two guys that just like shit it and make, don't make birdie. Like, which I didn't, (laughs) I didn't, um, so yeah, uh, Pereira collapsed. Poor guy too. I mean, I, I'm, I just, I, I felt it. I could see it happening. And then on the other end, you can see Justin Thomas just like ramping it up. He's just like zoop, ice in the veins. He's like, un, he's, he's like fucking walking on water. You can just see it. He's flowing like no other. And once. The playoff started. I knew. Thank you, Will Zalatoris. Thank you for, you know, coming and participating in the playoff. But this guy right now is just, he doesn't, he can't miss. He cannot miss right now. And it's also funny hearing like (laughs) golf fans. (laughs) I was like, man, they kind of, it was like, as soon as it hit, yeah jt jt let's go i'm like damn bro y'all chill out bro like the ball not even halfway in yet bro like <laughs> you can just tell man you can just tell when like somebody hits it you know and people shout after you after you hit a ball they'll scream your name it's great i love it <laughs> but yeah man what a comeback we had a collapse and a comeback and uh so you're enjoying golf a little bit huh when I bet on it, yes. It's, you were you were texting me saying you were enjoying it, just period. That you were oh, just enjoying no, it. No, no, I was enjoying like I enjoy betting on it. Like it's one oh, of the so you still sports just, I you, enjoy. You just hate it. it. You you still just hate the sport I, though. The sport I, still sucks. Not 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 really. It sounded it's, like he liked it. Yeah, it's it would what be I hard for it. Just would be hard for me to watch. Uh, sort of to a certain extent. Hard for uh. me to watch with like nothing on the line like i'll just be there like oh damn Pereira, that was close but no cigar oh this man justin thomas on a roll sheesh you had me fooled your yeah. your golf breakdown was like 10 times better than Stephen a's uh, that's not, Stephen a. not saying much but okay um I mean, is he really breaking down golf? Is he really? Yeah, is he does like commentary every now and then. 
It's super weird. It's the weirdest this thing. This man, ever. Justin Thomas, he ain't no scrub. This man could play, and he came to play today. <laughs> I just, I, I like, I'm so happy that they're expanding the game, but it's like take it off the shoulders of Stephen A. Smith. Like, go get. I mean, SVP for God's sake started with the Golf Channel, and he's out there, which is good. But they need to get more. They had another guy, a commentator. I don't remember his name. Uh, or a, a reporter. It was like a like a sideline reporter, a course reporter, whatever you would call him. Um, he was good, but man, if you're gonna take you know, Smith and pull him over to golf, might as well just pull JJ Reddick over and have him talk golf. I mean, come on, it's there has to be limits, right? I, I think that's kind of silly. That's how the MMA community feels about Stephen A. when he talks about UFC. Yeah, it, and it and it is. It's a it's a really technical. It is silly, and it's it, it's silly because it's an incredibly technical sport that requires a deep understanding of how it's how you conduct, how you, how you, how you operate in the octagon. And the golf course is no different in that way. That it it requires a deep knowledge to understand why players play the way they do, or why a certain shot is better than a different shot, or. He missed this putt because of X, Y, Z, not because of, oh, he just left it short or he didn't hit it hard enough. It's like there's just different things about the game that I feel like you're doing your clientele, your viewership a, a disservice by having somebody who doesn't understand it fully. And maybe Stephen A understands it more than I ever will, but I, I just know that he's not viewed that way. He's viewed as a basketball reporter and a football or basketball analyst and a football analyst and a you know, let's be real. I don't even know if he knows basketball like that as far as the that's his background X's, though you know x's and o's I mean he knows the personnel he knows kind of how the game works but I don't know if he could sit there and tell you that you know, like you're watching a JJ Reddick and he points some certain things out, X's and O's wise. I don't yeah. think Stephen A. Stephen A. is just gonna tell you that this man, Steph Curry, was on fire. He could not miss from the three point line. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's a he's on first take. Like, I think if they went on first take and provided actually valuable content, like you're saying, like break down the game, the viewership would drop more than it already has because. That's what he's on there for. He's on there to piss people off and to say Steph Curry is just a bona fide superstar. It's just what he, I mean, he says that all the time and he says different little things about players, but I don't think he would ever break down X and O's on screen. Not because he can't, but because it's just not what they want. I think yeah, he could, it's just one of those things. He doesn't do it for his own sports. So, yeah. How in the world would he do it for the others? But yeah. Um, enjoy it enjoyable watches you like the the playoff format in golf three hole playoff yeah i like three hole they were talking about like usually they do the sudden death just one hole yeah and all be all but i was like three holes that's fine like cool it's cool i like the way they do it in in golf i think it's 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 better than i think any other overtime in sports because it's just like pure overtime like there's no time limit you just go play three holes whoever's the best on those three holes wins the tournament i think that's like the most pure version of overtime that we have extending the time and changing the rules for overtime like in football or anything like that it, it just i feel like it's not pure if that makes sense so i i enjoy watching playoffs in in golf especially 
Yeah, it's a lot of uh, excitement there at the end. Um, yeah, next one we got up is June 16th to the 19th. It's the U.S. Open, and then we have the British Open in July, about a month after that one. So we're getting good breaks here. We've got like the Masters, and then it's a month, and then we have the PGA Championship, and then it's a month, and then it's the U.S. Open, and then a month, and the British Open, and then the FedEx. So it rocks. I'm very excited. I um I completed Prize Picks four day gauntlet, thankfully. So today I was able to put in a five five player prop, and if they all hit, I'll get a G, baby. Ooh. Nice. But, but of course, we all know me. It ain't gonna hit. So I mean, I mean, I, I put it in. I tried my best. Like literally. Probably right before I called you, Alex, I was sitting on the bed, like debating, just ev- over analyzing just every play I wanted to play. I was like, okay, I can't do all one sport because they that's just how you fail in general because ain't nothing reliable right now. So I was like, if I just get one player, one solid pick from each sport, I got one, I got baseball, hockey, WNBA, NBA. It's like, I Did you just, just say one. safe and reliable and you're betting on the WNBA? WNBA is not. I mean, if you think about it, dude, it's the WNBA. So it's not like it's. Uh huh. It's very consistent. The great players are going to be great. I, I understand that. Like, I'm not saying as a like a whole not to bet on the WNBA. I'm saying you who have probably never watched a WNBA game betting on the WNBA over the oh, NBA. I got, I got, I got people, you know, that I get in. You got from, people. Feet, okay. Feet, Twitter feet people. From, you know, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you'd be surprised how big the community is. People are oh, all I, over. I would and, not be surprised. Betting is massive now. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, I just took one. I was like, you, that's your lock. If you say that's your lock. All right. Honestly, the ones, Dude, I took Kyle Lowry tonight over three rebounds. Felt like it wasn't a bad one, but honestly, I'm a little worried about my hockey ones because hockey's been been shitting me, shitting me recently. It's not has not been good. Um, games have been good. The games have been good, where but my specific props have not been good. So I'm I'm a little nervous, but if like somehow miraculously I get all five right, I'm gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> oh. I'll be no, rooting I'll be, for you. I'll be I'll be lucky to get three out of five. Let's be real here. I will be rooting for you, and you'll have to send over the five players that I will be rooting for. Um, I am curious if you are still rooting for the man that you have got. On point 100 percent 180. I'm wondering if you're going on full three. <laughs> <laughs> this this is I, I've got a pretty good topic here for you. So it, it's kind of a couple different things. So let's start first with Luka Doncic goes down 3-0 at home yesterday to the Warriors. Um it, it, I mean, what was Bullock's stats? Pull up his stats. Zero, 0 for 0 10. Points, 0 for 10, 0 from 7, from 3. From 3, yeah. And I had him, I, ha- I had him over two and a half three pointers made, and 
Haha, joke. Nobody would have saw that coming. Role players play better. Or anybody besides the superstar plays better at home. Nobody saw that coming. Finney Smith also, I feel like, had a pretty poor game. I remember him, they mentioning, you know, finally he hits a three pointer and it was like late in the fourth. So definitely didn't have his help. And I know Luca put up 40, 42 or three, something like that. 40 flat. Yeah. 40 flat. So. Blame him. Blame the team. Too young. What's what's your opinion on this now? Now that they're down three. All right. So, well, one, the offense is stagnant. I don't know where. Like, it, it's they're they're just not challenging Golden State on defense. They're um when Golden State's on the defensive side, it's just it's very predictable. Um. It doesn't, I don't know, man. I just, it doesn't give the best opportunity to get the best shots. I mean, three-pointers, yes, three-pointers are great, but you rarely see any of the Mavericks inside the paint. I mean, Doncic this last game tried as much as he could to get into the paint, but I think one of the main things has to be that Doncic needs to play in transition, dude. Like, he needs to... You're not going to get all the way playing the pace that he likes to play in. Like, Golden State is too good of a team for you to rely on beating their set defense every single time you get the ball down floor. I mean, you need, especially in the offense they're trying to play where they shoot a lot of threes. Kind of a very, honestly, it reminds me a lot of a Houston. Old Houston Rockets, James Harden, Houston Rockets offense, um, very much so. And if you're if you're gonna play like that, you got to play fast because you need to catch them. You're gonna get those open shots by catching them off guard when they're not set, when mm-hmm. the defense isn't set. And we're not even gonna talk about the defensive side. They they can't even can't keep up with Golden State on the defensive side. I, I, I think that's the whole conversation though. Because they've kept pace scoring wise for majority of the series. But if you look at it, you go, oh, they're down 3 0. They must be getting beat by the Warriors. Warriors are back. In actuality, game two, the last seven minutes, and then game three, the last, it felt like nine minutes, there was no defense. They couldn't stop anybody. It was it was a completely different team the last seven or nine minutes, the last two games. Defense is non existent on the Dallas side. Yeah, um, it's just eventually they're gonna break through that Golden State team. Steph, Clay, like you just there's only so so long you can really bog them down, especially with the personnel that Dallas has. But like I said, they need to on the it starts with the offensive side. They need to play in the transition. They can't they can't expect. I don't know why Luca likes to play. I mean, I understand that's where he's the best at and whatnot, but I just I really don't get why he doesn't like playing in transition and why don't they don't push the ball more cuz for this style of offense, they need to do that. They can't they don't have an offense where they can beat Golden State in that, when they're set in their half-court defense. Golden State has an offense where they can beat practically almost any team in a half court set dallas doesn't Mm -hmm. dallas needs to get up court 
somebody get in that corner when nobody when when it's three three versus two transition and make an easy get an easy wide open three in the corner that that's what they need to be doing it's just i, I don't know why they don't i don't know you see i i saw like certain times when luca would come off and it's like dinwiddie and uh brunson and they have good success because then they start pushing the ball up they start mm-hmm. it's it's a way more rapid pace and especially you gotta like like i said you gotta look at your personnel like it's not like you got big men like you playing a sm- decently small lineup not small small but your center is like claber that's not a a like traditional center um they all shoot threes they spread the floor and then you got somebody like brunson who can take off real quick and he i mean brunson brunson's a stud not gonna lie he he finds his shot no matter what i don't know how he does it he does that he little curly it. cue in the paint where he'll like run <laughs> under the basket and then curls around and like looks up to see if there's something there if not he like kicks it out i love no, it. no he pump he pumps fakes it and then they jump and then he goes turns around underneath he, yeah. yeah underneath and it, it's pretty funny but I think that that's the main main thing. They're just not going to win. Uh they're not going to beat Golden State Golden State's defense with the lousy half court offense they have cuz there's no motion. It's like we're seeing polar opposites. We're seeing Golden State over here running around batshit crazy like they're just <laughs> and then you go to Dallas side, they're just standing there in the corner just like waiting for the ball, you know. Just like the Rockets hand- offense got got their hands up but it's like the thing was at the time the rockets offense that that was kind of new it was like oh shit mm-hmm. you know it's, it's years now especially golden state they played against it almost every playoff so it's like they yeah. figured it out they know how to defend against that and um honestly it's not looking too good for dallas maybe they'll win game 4 but I mean, I'm either seeing a sweep or a gentleman sweep. Um, and but the thing is, Golden State's going to get a big wake up call. Whoever comes out of the East, it's going to be whoo, so different, so different. They yeah. are not. They are not allowing. They 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 play defense. Both of those Boston and the Heat, they are all about defense. So it's just it's not flying like that when they get to the finals. I agree with you. I'm surprised you took this side of it, though, uh, with the half-court offense approach, because I agree with you 100% that nobody is going to beat Golden State in a half-court offense situation, and that's not how the Mavericks are going to win this series. I don't think anybody in the league right now can beat Golden State in a half-court a court offense situation. Maybe the defensive I mean, prowess of the Celtics, I maybe. Mean, I, I, I would say, like... I, I think there's plenty of other teams. Like I could see a Celtics being able to score efficiently in a half-court offense versus Golden State's defense. The thing is, the way Dallas plays, the way their personnel are set, the way they are set up, they cannot because they are just, yeah. you got guys just kind of standing there outside the line with their hands up, and it's up to Doncic to kind of make a play. I mean, thank goodness they have Brunson because – if it wasn't for Brunson, woo, R.I.P. to this, R.I.P. to this man, Luca. He would have no break 
off the ball. Bro. Oh yeah. Like, so I, man, if you were to pull up the stats of the top three players, or let's just say top four players from both the Warriors and the Mavericks, you see a lot more consistency on the Warriors side. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the name Andrew Wiggins, but I mean. We, we've been talking about superstars and stars and all this, and Andrew Wiggins has averaged over 20 a game this series, had 27 last night, and he's been... You're talking about height. You got Draymond, Looney, and and Andrew Wiggins. That's three pretty big motherfuckers right there. That Those are big guys, and you're right that you can't keep compete size-wise, but the consistency that we see on the Golden State side from Andrew Wiggins is the big difference i think offensively in this series is we haven't seen we just mentioned reggie bullock zero points yesterday of seven from three of 10 or 11 from the field um dwight powell is not an offensive threat so you're really left with i mean if you consider dorian finney smith an offensive threat at least on in their offense like you know that's that would be number four otherwise it's luca brunson and dinwiddie and dinwiddie last game had like nine points so you're not getting consistency. You want Luca at 40 yesterday and 42 over the weekend. His game is there. If we're talking about winning this series specifically, we're going to talk the defense in the last seven minutes, the last two games, because the first game was a blowout and there's no defending that they just were blown out. But the last two games were a game at least at some point, 10 minute, 11 minute mark of the fourth quarter, like closing out that game, playing defense, making it harder for them. Those are the things that Dallas didn't do the last two games ultimately led to a loss. And we could be looking at a two, one, you know, favoring Dallas or favoring the warriors at this point, if that defense was different in the last seven to nine minutes, that's a big thing for me is if you're, you are talking and I agree with you about like dominating, like coming out of the series, like I was truly the better team, but similar to the Mavericks and the Phoenix series, it's kind of like, we're talking tit for tat here. How can you just piece together wins to get to the next round? Because at the end of the day, that's what it really matters about is getting to the next round. It's not about inflicting your will and dominating the series or anything. It's like who moves on. So moving on, it requires seven to nine minutes, the last, the fourth quarter. You got to play defense. You got to stop them. You got to make it at least difficult because they were getting offensive rebounds or second chance points the last nine minutes of both of those games like crazy. I mean, where are the boards? And we talked about the size difference, but there's got to be a level of urgency in getting offensive rebounds and creating more possessions for yourself and less for the other team. That's, that's what I noticed. That's another thing. Where is this rebounding at? And why is, I mean, I didn't realize how good of a rebound. I don't know if, Luca's just a really good rebounder, or like his the rest of his team just really sucks at rebounding. Because <laughs> um, if he's not rebounding it, offensive rebound, bro. Like it's <laughs> yeah. It, if he's not there to rebound, offensive rebound. Um, it's kind of funny. This actually reminds me of a tweet that Alejandro sent me. <laughs> I think I think it was last night. He sent me it. What Skip Bayless said. <laughs> he said Luca Ancic. On no D, no D. Yep, the Alice Mavericks is what he was calling him on Undisputed this morning. That's what he's calling him because it's true. You, I mean, you watch that game and it's like both teams. Golden State is the better complete team 
with their depth and the fact that we just went through those top four on the Golden State side, solid. Every game, you're going to at least 10 from those top four. Maverick side, you look at it, you're like, yeah, Dinwiddie, I mean, he gave you 26 last night, but gave you single digits the other night. Jalen Brunson has really come alive, but let's be honest, what is Jalen Brunson? All of 4'11"? I mean, how tall is he? So getting rebounds, playing defense, those are liabilities for him, and you have to fill that with other players on the court that they're not doing that with. Your Reggie Bullocks, your Finney Smiths, those are the guys that have to get the rebounds. Those are the guys that have to facilitate or at least get the offense moving. Luka Doncic can only do so much, and I agree that he needs to be the main cause of blame when it comes to a team like this failing because defensively, you look to your superstar and you play harder when your superstar is playing harder defense. We've seen that for years with LeBron and the teams he's carried. He just locks down, you know, claps his hands on his knees, and you see him pounding the ground, and everybody gets hyped like, shit, we're playing some defense now. So there's no no room for uh, excuses there. But your your top four have to do a better job on the defensive end. And then offensively, you're right. I mean, you got to move the ball. You got to create some offense. You got to have an, a, a sense of urgency moving the ball up. The, it, there was there was a time in the last nine minutes of yesterday's game that Steph Curry had gone down after driving to the basket and stayed down. Like usually, he pops up and runs down. Well, they were moving in transition. Four, four on five or five on four, and they ended up passing it around, and I think Jalen ended up driving it and getting stuffed. It's opportunities like that where you look and you're like, man, like you're five on four. Last nine minutes of the game, you can't stop them on on defense, so you got to get your buckets on offense. You, if if you're not going to stop them, you at least have to try and keep up with them scoring wise, which is almost impossible because that's the game they're playing right now. Is can we keep up with Golden State offensively? Can Luca? can you make those shots every single time you step down the court? Or can you feed it to Jalen, Jalen do his curly cue in the paint, or Spencer Dinwiddie get a mid-range or corner three or something along those lines? You're not, you're not producing consistent offense. And we talked about consistency with your prize picks. You're not producing that consistency that you need in order to win. And the Warriors are. But playing defense in the last nine minutes of the game, man, it's got to be a gimme if you're going to the finals. I mean, it, it, you have to, or else you're not going to beat anybody. So crazy to see the drop-off here effort-wise on the defensive end when it hits the fourth quarter, especially after how poorly they played in the third quarter. Just They're tired to see. They're tired. Tired. I, I agree with you on the tired thing. I don't like saying tired in playoffs in the same sentence because, again, excuses. Like, we can't, we can't keep throwing excuses. Oh, you're tired. It's not, it, but the thing is, I don't know why that seems like an excuse. It's just, it's a reason. It's a fact. They it is tired. a reason. Therefore, their defense sucks. Absolutely. I mean, their defense already is kind of like mid, and then they get exhausted, and then yeah. it just becomes an avalanche of just sucking. Yeah, younger team, newer coach, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, but the reason I say it can't be an excuse is because every time that personally I went through any sort of sports, when you do conditioning, and I'm sure both of y'all experience this, when they do conditioning, the coach will always yell like, two minutes left in the fourth quarter. What are you going to do about it? You know, you do all this training, everything, and, and it's always with this mindset at hand that this is the last three minutes of the game, last four minutes of the game. And that's not to say that, oh, yeah, that training, it translates immediately. But you do the training to be prepared for that moment. So I don't want to make an excuse to say you didn't do enough training for that moment. That That's too lame for me. I mean, how how much training can you really do to prepare for Golden State's offense? Like that is, it's it's 
It's a question I can't answer. I'm just letting you know right now, if you're telling me that they're tired at the end of the game, you train for that moment. And if you are not prepared for that moment, then you didn't train adequately for that moment. So yeah, if if you're saying that they're tired and that's the excuse you want to give them and they can't play defense because they're tired, then yeah, they need to go to the off go in the offseason and train harder so that in those moments that you prepare for, you can produce. But I, I really don't think they're tired, so to speak. I think it's just it's amazing the drop off in defense the last nine minutes. It's like they and I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to be crediting the Warriors more by saying they're just making every shot it feels like in those last nine minutes, or if it really is the defense falling off completely. Because there's that clutch I, I, versus defense argument. I could also I can also imagine how mentally draining it is. Like oh yeah. Many, like mentally like just draining it is facing the Golden State Warriors and just like I I can see certain players like just mentally just thrown in the towel. They're just like, oh, all right, yeah, this is how yeah. this is gonna go. And that's that's honestly how I feel like because it's not they're not really competing at the at the end. It's just kind of like, oh they drank like this, you know, I've been trying my best all game and this this is it. Like uh I can't it's demoralizing, I can't definitely. Yeah, and I I can't do anymore. And that's just what that team does to you when you're, you know, a team like the Mavericks. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's again, just we are like witnessing things that we can give props to LeBron about while he's still in the league, because watching this team in an older Steph Curry, whether you want to call him better because of experience or just older. And I don't know, whatever negatives go along with that. But we watched LeBron James go against his team in the finals and battle all these mental hurdles that we're talking about, and we never brought it up, not even once, in regards to losing. or anything. Maybe he was just tired. Maybe mentally threw in the towel. Never brought it up. It's incredible to look back on some of those things that he's accomplished. Speaking of LeBron, I saw a video of somebody on The Breakfast Club. He's a former player. I can't. He looks so familiar, but I can't put the the name to the face. But he was on there talking about LeBron like doesn't essentially he doesn't have the same energy when there's a big center standing there, like as far as like dunking on people and stuff. And then it it proceeded the clip proceeded to show like a fucking two minutes of highlights of him dunking over centers and ranging from like. 4k to 120 negative 120p it's like all fucking back in 2003 when it's all freaking just what are it called pixels it's just big pixels, pixels you just, yeah you just see huge pixels and i'm just like bro some people will just say the most craziest thing because you i think he was like comparing you know i guess the goat conversation he was comparing lebron to mj and kobe essentially saying MJ and Kobe would take on that challenge of going <laughs> over the big guy, but LeBron wouldn't. And I was just like, and the worst part is he's a former player. And I'm just like, dude, like, are they, are people really like just that much against LeBron? They're just making stuff up now. They're like delusional. And like, they want MJ to be the goat so bad. They will make stuff up. Like if you want MJ to be the goat, just say, you just think MJ's the goat. And that's it. You don't have yeah. to make stuff up about LeBron not wanting to dunk over centers when he has 20 years of dunking over everybody and anybody. I mean, this is the most athletic man we've ever seen in recent history. 
definitely in recent history. I think this time off, like I said, just just cements his legacy or his impact even more as we watch some of these teams he faced, some of these players he faced do incredible things that he's not there to stop. So we're just witnessing the incredible things. And we sit back and be like, man, like LeBron beat that team, came down 3-1 from that team, beat that team somehow. That's it's incredible. But yeah, unfortunately, this this had the opportunity to be a great series. I think the the defense really let them down. They will be back, first of all. Um, defense really let them down. Yesterday, Reggie Bullock, man. Bullock. Bullock. It's Bullock, yeah. B- Bullock. Reggie Bullock. He, uh, Reginald Bullock. He, uh, <laughs> since we're official, he... You can't go 0 a 10. You can't. You cannot go 0 a 10 in a playoff game like this. Down 2 0, you, you just can't do it. You, you have to recognize. I understand, you know, classic shooter shoot. You shoot out of a slump, yada, yada, whatever. You consider this a slump. If you consider this a bad day, whatever. I'm just going to say this black and white. You cannot go 0 and 10, 0 4 10 in a playoff game. In essentially a must-win game, you cannot go 0 for 10. And you can't huck up seven threes and miss all of them. You can't do that. Your team needs you. It's not Luka at this point. Luka, I feel, has cemented what he is to this league in the playoffs this year. But to have a guy in your starting lineup that goes 0 for 10 and has zero points, doesn't even get to the line, and then to have... The other guys in your starting lineup, you have zero from Reggie Bullock, Bullock, Reginald Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith with nine points, Dwight Powell with three, and two rebounds, by the way. They're center with two rebounds. And then Jalen Brunson with 20. You can't do that, man. You can't. You're leaving your team out to dry, and then on top of that, to not play defense in the last nine minutes as a collective unit, it's just not winning basketball. And that's what the Warriors play. The Warriors play winning basketball, and you cannot beat that team playing the way that they're playing right now. So unfortunately, I think I agree with you. It'll be maybe we'll get a, a good siding. I expect a bounce back game from Bullock, Reginald. Uh, you know, it's hard to do worse than 0 for 10. <laughs> so he'll pour in some and hopefully we get a Dallas win. So it's not a sweep. But yeah, I think the Warriors are pretty much a lock to go to the final. Although it would be pretty cool to see them piece it together and come back from 3 0. Yeah. Um, I actually came across an interesting tweet. Uh, Max Kellerman claims Luca doesn't make his teammates better like Magic or Bird. Mm. And of course, JJ Reddick steps in and says, Magic and Bird played with Hall of Famers. Luca is playing with second round picks, undrafted guys like D- Dorian Finney Smith. His shot quality created for his teammates, number one in the last two seasons. I'm like, hit him with that clap back, bro. It's not wrong. It's it's not a Luca thing at this point. It is just purely a (laughs) personnel thing. It's a unit thing. What is the comment? Rich Eisen appears. JJ Reddick is a frequent matchup problem on the ESPN debate shows. (laughs) (laughs) He is a matchup problem. I feel bad. I feel bad for Luca. You know, he'll have his time though. You know, if anything, we've just witnessed. Uh, you know, a great player in the Western Conference who's going to do this for many, many years. But I want your opinion switching gears to the Eastern Conference, if you wouldn't mind. 
switching gears to the Eastern Conference, there was a topic on Undisputed this morning, and we are ripping that topic onto the Sliced Apples podcast. I don't remember it verbatim, but the topic was after the Heat beat the Celtics and are up 2-1 in the series, the question of if Jalen, sorry, Jason Tatum was a superstar got posed onto Undisputed. And I thought that was really interesting because it's hard for me to give Luka Doncic the stamp of superstardom and not Jason Tatum. I feel like that's a little counter or hypocritical in a way. It doesn't it doesn't match up, but yes, Jason Tatum is a superstar. What fucking first take, bro. Oh, undisputed, you said? Undisputed. Well, mm. I guess they don't have that conversation. I guess every show like first take does. I uh, he only had ten points yesterday, so there is there is a basis for it. Now, do we judge a career a stamp like this off one game? No. Oh man, this dude's been balling out. For didn't he kind of get hurt too? I'm pretty sure he had to go back to the locker room because they were making fun of like the Celtics trainers. Like they're like, man, it looked bad, and then he just comes running out, <laughs> like ready to get back on the floor, and they're like. Okay. He must have some good trainers, some good water back there. Um, but yeah, no, that's not even that's not even like a debate, a question. He's a bona fide superstar. Jason Tatum is a stud. He's been showing he's a stud these whole playoffs. I mean, I, he knocked off the reigning champs. Um, but yeah. He's not a superstar. Um, Marcus Smart is actually out tonight. So, interesting. Very interesting. We'll see. Could be a 3-1 lead. Um, kind of poses the question of when... Again, I don't understand, and I brought this up because, yeah, it is pretty obvious, but it also leads into kind of us talking about the Heat and Celtics right now because it just seems like Nobody is going to stop the heat. They are just going to will themselves to victory somehow, some way. And, you know, kind of funny. We just talked about Dallas and their inability to will themselves on the defensive end to win. But Miami, the definition of just piecing it together and, and just putting together win after win after win seems like that's the case. But if Jason Tatum takes down Jimmy somehow, because they play tonight, they take down Jimmy let's say in this series and he's taken down Antetokounmpo and Durant. I feel like this superstar conversation is really silly because <laughs> two, two, three of the best players in the league. I mean, we can consider Jimmy a top 10 player. I think, I think Jimmy's a top 10 player in this league. Top so. 10 playoff player. I, I, I would say he's a top 10 player in this league. I mean, because he is a top 10 playoff player, he is automatically a top 10 player. True. I would I would consider I mean, him a top ten. So three out of the top ten. I think even regardless of him getting kicked out of this situation or out of this uh, this this playoffs, I still think he's a superstar after what he did in the last two rounds. It's incredible to sweep the Brooklyn Nets. Sweep. He sweep. He, <laughs> it's not giving the Heat enough credit. The Heat, Jimmy Butler, it's not giving them enough credit for what they do, um, and how they play. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't watched. Too much of this series, unfortunately. Um, I think I did hear something about in the two games they won, the Heat have only won one quarter 
in those two games. And that's all they needed to like win those games. And I thought that was insane. That is insane. Yeah, no, that is that is accurate. They won the first quarter. They went up 39-18 in the first quarter, doubled them up, and then start in, you know, Heat being the first number, 23-29, 25-25, and then 22-31. So they finished the fourth quarter nine-point deficit, but that first quarter lead put them enough ahead. So, and Jimmy left the game early. Oh, really? Yeah, 20 minutes on here. Man. Eight points. They need him. They need him. Yeah. Bam Adebayo is not a good, not a bad second option. Thirty-one and ten, huh? He's Dude, pretty Bam good. Bam Adebayo is he's sneaky good. He's where did key. he come from? He came like he he came from a trade somewhere. Was it Toronto? Uh, uh was he? Not sure, Toronto? honestly. But I remember he emerged during the the no the drafted kind of by the Miami Heat in 2017. Yeah. No, I thought he, he emerged during the hmm. the COVID thing because he ball he balled out in Disney out there in Disney World and made a name for himself. That's how I mean that he was a key part of the Heat getting to the finals against the the Lakers. Yeah, also a gold medal in twenty twenty Olympics. Yeah, I think this is. I've been relatively disappointed. I feel like with the playoffs as of recent. Um, just because there's been a lot of blowouts and the last two last couple games have been much better, but man, I feel like the refs have taken a huge step into this playoff season. It just, it just feels so officiated. It's weird. Yesterday wasn't nearly as bad. And I think it's large part because Adam silver was in attendance to the game yesterday. (laughs) So I think they took, yeah, they, they tuned it down a little bit, but it just feels like they have such a large presence in the playoffs this year, it's really wild, but been kind of disappointed so far with, I mean, we're, we're at a three Oh warriors Mavs. That was supposed to be a really fun, flashy, you know, seven game series, hopefully. And then this series, I'm hoping they tie it up tonight so we can at least get one good series. Cause geez. I mean, it just sucks on the Boston side, uh, Boston and heat is just sucks. Cause the injuries are kind of starting to make that come in and make that huge impact. Um, on the Western side is just, they weren't the Western conference really wasn't what we thought they were. Um, Dallas, I mean, they had a hell of a run good on them, but they weren't supposed to be here. Let's be real. Um, Phoenix exposed their true selves. Uh, Memphis just weren't, they didn't have jaw essentially. Yeah. Um, and Dylan got thrown out of that game. That was a huge, they got blown out. Yeah. Uh, so that, I'm trying to think of who, who else was there as far as competition goes in the Western Conference. Like, Well, the Nuggets, I mean, you had Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal who had been injured, and so they didn't play. So it's yeah, just but Jokic. That, that's, like, that's like been, like, I'm talking about, like, as far as, like, the playoffs started and then shit kind of happened mm. um chris paul's hamstring that always seems to happen around playoff time it was the quad it was the quad. oh oh okay the, the front leg muscle this time okay <laughs> but yeah i mean i don't want to be that guy it looks like golden state you know kind of getting the 
the easy route to the finals a little bit. Mm, just want to throw that out there, throw that little sticky out there. But you know what? They deserve it. They're I'll challenge team. you on that. I'll challenge you on that. I think we call it easy when it looks this way, just like everybody called the bronze route easy through all those teams. It's not really easy. They're just making it look easy. This Dallas team is a good basketball team. And they are a good basketball team. They are not a championship basketball team. Not yet. Not yet. They are a contender, though. They, they will. If they keep the same roster, they will never be a championship team. I they agree. Will, if, if they don't make like key changes this offseason, they will essentially be like the Atlanta Hawks of last year. Like, uh, I think yeah, you're yeah. just... You, you, it's like, yeah, you, 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 you had a great run. You made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But the next year, you didn't even make it into the playoffs. So it's like they need to make. I think there's potential, obviously, because they made it this far. But at the same time, as far as the front office, the GM, there's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. You need to do over this offseason to maintain this success, because if you just keep the same squad you probably will not have near close to success next year. I agree. They definitely need a forward. They need a good two-way forward. That's what they need. If they had a good two-way forward who can, like, almost like, for fuck's sake, like Andrew Wiggins, somebody mm -hmm. who's long and play defense and can get you buckets, and that's what they need. Like a Shane Battier almost. You know what I mean? Like that's what they really need. Not, I mean, he's more of like a three and D kind of guy, like a PJ Tucker, but you get what I'm where I'm going with this. So I I like that where they're at. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Jason Kidd's first season. So yeah. I I like where they're headed, man. I like I, I first season. I think it's a different situation. You're doing it kind of doing an injustice to the Mavericks because it's the first season under Jason Kidd and because Luka Doncic, I think, actually I know, is a better player than Trey Young. It, it's, uh, it's, 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 the thing is, it's very similar. It was um, the Hawks coach last year. It was his first year mm. as a head coach. He's, he was actually an interim. He took mm. over like mid-season. You know, you got the superstar who went were traded for each other in the draft. Yeah. yeah. Trey Young, Luca, and you had the little support good supporting cast that had a you know, they had that great run up until they faced the Goliath that brought him down to their place in the conference finals. It it's almost I've talked myself right now into how weirdly very similar it is. Weirdly very similar. I you make a lot of good points. <laughs> it's almost I don't, weird, dude. It's weird. Yeah, I don't have an argument for that. I I think that we'll see a different Mavericks team next year. I, I It's hard to repeat this. And there's a lot of teams that the Lakers, for example, or the Clippers, or the Utah Jazz, or the Nuggets. There's a lot of good Western teams that could definitely keep them out next year. Did you just say went, Utah Jazz? <laughs> I just okay, come on. Like perennial <laughs> playoff contenders, they are in the playoffs every single year, are they not? I mean, yeah, that's true. I'm thinking that's of one less get, slot that they can take. That's I'm one thinking less of once slot they, that they can take. Once they get into the playoffs, the Utah Jazz. Sure. 
But we're talking about you're talking about they the Hawks this year didn't even make the playoffs. I'm talking yep. next year. If we're counting slots that are already gone, I'm not willing to you know die on a hill for the Utah Jazz, but they have been a perennial playoff team. So mm-hmm. that slot, if we're being honest, is taken. There's a lot of slots hey. that are taken. So there's a you fight New next Orleans? year for them. New Orleans, New with Orleans, a full year. Yeah, with Zion McCullum possibly and, coming back. Zion, ooh, Zion coming back. Yep, Suns. Yes, I mean. Uh, you got you got some teams like you. Get, well, okay, Suns like, lost some 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 some. Uh, okay, are we talking momentum. like championship winning teams, or are we talking teams that are going to make the playoffs, David? Because it's the second face you've given me where it's like, uh, and I said the Suns this time. They were the oh, number no, one man. overall seed I, this I, year. I feel like they got exposed bad, and they need to. I mean, they they still. I think they still have a really good roster. I don't know. Maybe they just need to just mentally lock in a little bit more or whatever it is, but they got exposed and people will use that. And if anybody was actually kind of like nervous beforehand to face the Suns, now they're really just not. Now, what Bev said, no one is scared of the Suns now. So that's just that. But um, I think also, Jason Kidd, I think. Y'all need to start playing a little faster. Get Luca to play in transition. Is is he like what why 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 I just don't understand. Is he not I understand if he's not like as fast as some people or does 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 he just like not like to run? Does he get tired fast when he runs? I don't understand. I, know I really I do. don't. It's a shame to have all that talent, but you cannot run a transition. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I think they'll be back next year. I think it's, I'm almost ready to lock it in at this point. Like a playoff spot? Yeah, I think Dallas will be in the playoffs next year. It's just sad that, like I said, the last Minnesota spot. They could. They could. Yeah. I, it's just sad that the last seven to nine minutes of the last two games has determined the total perspective on this series. Cause you imagine, like, if, the Dallas players got a win yesterday, and it's 2-1. Going into that game tomorrow, correct me if I'm wrong, but tomorrow, that is a totally different feel, 2-1 than 3-0. Because guess what? As a, You can imagine as a player, if you win a game and you go from 3-0 to 3-1, you're like, great, we got one, but you know we got to get three more. As opposed to 2-1, you tie up the series, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. So it's just a shame that it led to that, but... That's the playoffs, isn't it? Better team wins, and it's about each game, not the total series. So you just got to win each game. But I love it. That's everything I got, boys. Oh, I got one more thing, actually. Ooh. A little F1. I just wanted to spit out there for the F1 fans. Uh, if you didn't catch this past weekend, it was the Spanish Grand Prix on Sunday. Uh, Charles was starting at the top of the grid. My boy Lewis Hamilton was at six. In between was a bunch of Ferraris, Red Bulls, and George at third, I believe, or fourth, fourth. Uh, Charles went the whole race. I think it was 66 laps leading. And then in the 64th lap, or one of the last laps, engine power dies. Horrible, horrible run for Charles. And next week is Monaco, which he is notorious for wrecking cars. He's been on a car wrecking spree. Which, by the way, if you don't know how much F1 cars are, you should look it up, and it will scare you. So he's on a car wrecking spree. We'll see what happens. Max wins another race. I am not a Max fan. 
do not like Max, not a Red Bull fan. Uh, it was controversial that he passed up the place to, or Checo passed up the place to Max, but that's how it goes in the sport. So Monaco is always fun to watch. If you're not an F1 fan, you should watch Drive to Survive on Netflix for sure. I think that'll get you into it because you start to learn more about the racers. I know they're going to do one for the PGA, so that one will be awesome as well. Uh, but the Monaco Grand Prix, even if you don't watch Drive Survive, is so much fun to watch because of how much freaking money is out there. There is so much freaking money at Monaco. So, little F1 update for y'all. Uh, but yeah, man, two fans. You know where to find us at Slice Devils Pod on Twitter, at Slice Devils Podcast on Instagram, also on YouTube and TikTok, Slice Devils Podcast. We will see you next time.